This is the Pokedex Radio Podcast, where you can learn to be the very best, like no one ever was. Now, every Pokemon trainer knows that the best place to learn everything about Pokemon is to check their Pokedex. Now, this is where we talk about all things Pokemon from the video game to the anime and more. Learn how to be a Pokemon master at PokedexRadio.com. Hey trainers, and welcome to another episode of the Pokedex Radio Podcast. My name is Austin. And I'm Renee. And we are the hosts of the Pokedex Radio Podcast. I want to thank you very much for listening to this uh, to this episode. If you are listening live over at pokedexradio.com slash live, I want to thank you very much for doing so. If you have downloaded the uh, downloadable version of the, of the show, thank you for doing so as well. Uh, you can see the show notes over at pokedexradio.com slash 87 for what we're going to be talking about today. Um... We have a main topic today, kind of similar to what I used to do when I first started the Pokedex Radio uh, way back in the day, just because there's not much news to uh, report. So our main topic, we talked about last week, the uh, Kanto uh, Legendaries, which was a lot of fun because it's a very cool and inter- interesting story about you know the birth of Mewtwo and uh, the discovery of Mew uh, as far as like the little side stories go. Today we're going to be talking about the Johto legendaries, kind of a back-to-back kind of thing, because Johto and Kanto are somewhat related, since they are right next to each other, pretty much. Yeah, and depending, if you look at, like, if you go by the lore of the anime, they are very intertwined. Very, yeah. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. So, all right, let's get started first. We mentioned at the end of the last week's episode, which, last week's episode, if you are listening live, was just published this morning, so... <clears throat> Sorry, I got a little uh, <laughs> little lazy there, uh, a little lazy, a little busy, and uh, all that good stuff. So uh, we talked about it at the end of last week's episode. I want to mention it just right up front today. Uh, I want to do something special for the 100th episode of Pokedex Radio. Um, Renee, Renee and I were throwing around ideas of possibly a video episode, maybe. Yeah, Still thinking about it. A little video podcast. Still thinking about it. Not too sure about that one. But definitely what I want to do is... Um, those of you who, uh, have been listening to us for a while, you've heard me play other people's, um, things on, audio? uh, what, what was that? Audio? Audio. Yes. Other people's audio on the show. Uh, most notably was the, uh, uh, the Poke Press, uh, special reports by Steven Reich. Those are awesome. Those are all pre-recorded, not live. He's not sitting here with me. He's not joining me over Google Hangouts or Skype or whatever. And we even had Grim and M two or three episodes ago as well send in something just to kind of update us on the uh, Nuzlocke challenge that he writes for us. So what I would like to ask of you as the listener of Pokedex Radio, if you would like to at least participate in the show, listen to the beginning of the show where I kind of intro everything. This is the Pokedex Radio podcast, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Like uh, you learn to be the best like no one ever was. Record that into your phone. Or if you have a recording device of some kind, as long as it's a nice, clean recording and there's no, like, 
you know, stuff in the background, your parents yelling at you or somebody yelling at you, girlfriend, husband, wife, whatever. Um, cat. What did I say? No, I just said cat. Oh, cat. I just <laughs> said at. I was like, at what? Oh, <laughs> no, <laughs> um, no. Okay. So yeah, no, as long as there's no like uh, uh, external noises or anything, as long as it's a clean, good recording, his Grim and M stuff was recorded on his phone. Sounded amazing. Um, so if you just want to go ahead and record your voice saying that, you know, this is the Pokedex radio podcast where you can learn to be the best like no one ever was. Um, record it, send it to me uh, as an MP3 or a WAV file or whatever you have. I can pretty much deal with anything. Um, send it to me and I'll edit that into a nice little intro for Pokedex radio. So it doesn't have to just be me each and every time because I feel that that can get a little bit boring at times. So uh, you, can, uh, you can send it to, is it the same email? Yes. Feedback at pokedexradio.com. Yep, that is F-E-E-D-B-A-C-K at pokedexradio.com. Just send it over there uh, just as an attachment to the email, and I can work with it from there. Just uh, give me, uh, if you are a member of the forums, give me your forum name, or if you want to use your own name, or if you don't want to use your name, that's fine, just so I can at least thank everyone uh, on the show for going ahead and sending me something cool uh, to use. And then and you can also, hear your voice. Um, if you want to do this separate, you can also do an a video of yourself uh doing the intro yeah um make sure it's obviously somewhere at least halfway decent looking kind of clean looking and just do the same thing this is the pokedex radio podcast if you want to dress up or whatever that's cool uh because we're thinking about doing also a um video podcast yes. video intro yeah video uh an intro for a video podcast we're possibly going to start doing with pokedex radio so that'll that's interesting so if you do do a video as well, if you have a Dropbox account, that'll probably be the easiest thing because video is a lot more heavy than uh, a lot bigger file size than audio because MP3s, waves are not that big compared to MP4s and AVIs, whatever else kind of formats video is in. MPEG? Is M- MPEG a video? MP4. And, uh, it's uh, MPEG compression, all that good stuff. But... Yeah, go ahead and send all of that good stuff over to feedback at pokedexradio.com. So hopefully you we'll, can hear yourself on a future episode of the Pokedex Radio. Or possibly see yourself if we do decide to go ahead and use uh, use something for a video if we do decide to start a video. Um, you know, instead of uh, people saying like, Hoenn confirmed, they're going to be like, video podcast confirmed. Right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, okay. So let's get into um, one little thing of news before we get into our main topic here. So I don't know if any of you have experienced this, those of you who have Twitter accounts. I didn't. I know Renee didn't. Um, Pokemon Twitter, uh, Pokemon's official Twitter account has sent out direct messages to um, uh, some of uh, their followers, a small handful of their followers. I don't exactly know how much because it hasn't been reported on yet um, with with a direct message saying this. Hey, trainer, we'd like to give you a sneak peek at something special. Send us your address and we'll ship it next week. Now, why would Pokedex? I mean, why would uh, why would uh, Pokemon be asking people like the official Pokemon Twitter be asking people for their physical address to to send something to them? You know, like what what does it have to do with does it have to are they sending them a, you know, an an early copy of the video game or anything like that? Or or what exactly are they doing? So jealous. (laughs) Um, what if it, what if we find out like in a day or two that like the Pokemon Twitter got hacked? Was hacked? Yeah, that would make <laughs> a lot of sense. Um, oh. but at the same time, you never know 
with some, I mean, it, it does sound at least somewhat sincere. Hey, trainer. Yeah. We'd like to give you a sneak peek at something special. Send, oops, send us your address and we'll ship it out next, and we'll ship it next week. If that, if they are shipping something next week, sneak peek of video game, possibly a, a, a download code for something. Ooh, what if it's a download code for like a Pokemon in uh, X and Y? That would be um, DNC. Maybe, maybe. You never know. Because this is just um, this Pokemon Twitter account. Is that one just US or is that worldwide? As as far as I can tell, th- well, I don't think they have a Pokemon UK Twitter. I think it is just Pokemon, just at Pokemon, and I think that is for everybody. So I don't know if they tweeted around this the world. Yeah, I don't know if this was tweeted around the, around the world. I can't, it doesn't say anything according to this article here over on Poke Beach. Um but apparently it was uh reported by somebody uh on the Poke Beach forums named Tboy23. Um and cuz this this person when they he got tweeted at, he got direct messaged by Pokémon. So um Poke Beach went ahead, they asked him politely for his uh uh, his Twitter username and password and everything they went and they verified it was real. So this is a legitimate thing. I wonder what they will be uh, mailing out to people. Like I, I'm sure <laughs> we're going to find out next week when you're gone in Texas for like two Sorry. weeks. Oh yeah. FYI for trainer said, um, guys, for those that don't know, I will not be here the next two weeks. Cause I am going to be out of town for one week. I'm going to Texas for RTX. And then uh, next week after that, I'm going to MetroCon. So, sorry. Oh, so you'll be in town just at MetroCon? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the week after. I'll, I'll okay. still be here, just not okay. here. Okay. For I, I don't know. I thought you were going to be gone for like a full two weeks. Either no, way. I don't know. Okay, so, a really long trip. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> Either way. So, um, that's something interesting uh, to see with uh with pokemon i'd like to see what they get uh, what gets sent out because you know the whole google thing with the google maps uh they sent out uh little business cards for people that just says you know pokemon trainer this person and that's all excuse me that's all that was i never got one well, technically i didn't complete it until after. yeah yeah as long as you had to have finished by a certain yeah you had to have finished and then they would have sent it to you but for me i never finished i think i got up to about 75 80 whatever those screenshots are on our facebook that's as far as i got I think probably got a little bit more. Just didn't screenshot them for the Facebook, but either way, something, something new Pokemon is doing, actually reaching out to the fans about stuff, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It's always nice to see these. Um, and not just Pokemon, um, not just Pokemon, but just different companies in general, like Nintendo or Sony or Microsoft, whoever it be. Mm-hmm. It's always good to see them, you know, really interacting with their, with their fan base. It just, you know, actually, gives a connection that you know sometimes you feel that you never get with these big names true yeah because all this like a uh, giant corporations they don't really look at they i mean obviously they do like the surveys on the consumer and things like that but it's, there's not really much of that you know one-to-one type of like let me ask you what you want to kind of exactly. thing exactly so i wonder if i that's mean this, something this like is that. really nice to see that yeah definitely so let's go ahead let's get into our main topic uh we're gonna be talking about um the Johto legendaries from Johto region generation uh, two, and they even remade them for generation four. So let's start with possibly the most popular out of all the Johto legendaries, uh, Lugia star the guardian of the sea, guardian of the sea. He was the star of the second movie. Um, 
but we're going to be trying to focus mainly on the video game story and background of Lugia. Um, like, like Renee said, Lugia is known as the guardian of the seas. Uh, according to some of the um, in-game like NPCs, things like that. Uh, Lugia was, uh, it used to reside in the, uh, on the brass tower in Ecrutique city, uh, as well as its counterpart, Ho'o, uh, uh, resided in the uh, bell tower, but we'll talk about Ho'o in a second. Um, apparently the brass tower was destroyed prior to the second generation game starting. And, uh, Ho'o went one way. Lugia went the other. Lugia now, uh, then resided in, uh, the, Whirl Islands. I was about to say Seafoam Islands. Uh, Lugia then resided in the Sea in the Whirl Islands, uh, which has nothing to do with the Orange Islands from the anime and movies. I feel like people get those confused a lot. Yeah. Um. And and just reading the Pokedex entries for Lugia, them all of them basically say the same thing. I mean, there's two variations of them. Uh, mm. The first one is it is said, and I'm just going to read the one from Heart Gold. I probably should read the most uh, recent one actually. Um, it sleeps in a deep sea trench. If it flaps its wings, if it flaps its wings, it is said to cause a forty-day storm. That's yeah, for and, X. yeah, that's from the generation uh, generation six from version X. Very. And then sim- Y is yeah. it is said to be the guardian of the seas. It is rumored to have been seen on the night of a storm. Yeah, very similar to every single one of its flavor texts. And um, I know a lot of people get confused with the fact that. Uh, the uh, Pokemon movie, The Power of One, the Pokemon the movie 2000, The Power of One, uh, where uh, Lugia was the guardian of also uh, uh, Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres, which is not true at all in the video games. It has no connection to them at all other than being flying legendary Pokemon. Um, in the video games themselves, they are complete different entities. They just happen to, like I said, be flying legendary Pokemon um, that happen to have you know, these different powers of, you know, ice, storm, fire, uh, ice, uh, electricity and fire. And, uh, Lugia happens to be psychic, but always for some reason kind of gets uh, attributed to having water abilities as well being. Yeah. I always found that weird. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, but I guess with technically, if you think about a, um, psychic Pokemon and they're in the water, they push the water and true. Makes like, I can kind of understand like that. Yeah. But at the same time, that's Lugia. Uh, he doesn't really have too much of a story as far as the video games are concerned. Uh, Ho-Oh is the, is the one who has more of a story there, but we'll talk about Ho-Oh in a second. Um, Lugia, as far as the anime is, like I said, Guardian of the Seas, star of the second movie, um, also had the, uh, also uh, was, I guess, the controller the, uh, over uh, Articuno, Zapdos, and Moltres, very similar to... Um, Wow, where was I going with that? I completely lost my train of thought. Either way. Reggie Gigas to Reggie. No, I, I wasn't oh. even thinking about that generation. I don't know where I was going Sorry. with that. <laughs> I lost my train of thought. Either way. Um, so, yeah, it was. Uh, it's known as the Guardian of the Seas and all that good stuff. So, Rayquaza. Rayquaza. Thank you. That's what I was trying to find. Uh, think of. Um, similar to Rayquaza over uh, Kyogre and uh, Groudon. But that's storyline. That's actually those two stories are separate, even though they they seem very similar. And I think that's why they separated that for the video game series itself. So the stories don't seem almost exact because uh, Kyogre is kind of not the guardian of the seas, but the, the creator of the seas. Uh, and then uh, Lugia is the guardian of the seas. And it's very, very similar stories 
obviously Kyogre is more like a whale. What was that? It's almost conflicting the two of them. Exactly. Yeah. So either way, that's Lugia. Let's move on to Ho-Oh. Ho-Oh has a very robust storyline in the video game. In the anime, similar, but they don't really touch on it that much. as Not as much as they did with Lugia's story. Uh, Renee, you want to go off of Ho-Oh's story here? About Tin Tower yes. burning down? I mean, Yeah. Um, Ho-Oh's yeah. story is basically um, was when the Brass Tower was destroyed, and that's supposedly before the second generation games occur they originally the two sorry let's start from the beginning lugia and ho for both at first of all lugia at the brass tower and ho on the bell tower they were separated when the brass tower was destroyed Mm -hmm. which was right before the second generation games uh, occurred in the timeline and then they were split up but from that point on ho resided on the tower by itself and it was the guardian. Well, it is the guardian of the ski skies. skis. Wow, <laughs> guys. <laughs> um, and it also created the legendary beast, which we'll we'll get to in a little bit. Right, and that's one thing about the legendary beast, because according to uh, the storyline, when the when both towers fell, uh, when the brass tower fell, because uh, the these three Pokemon that I I want to say. I don't remember exactly because it's been a while since I played uh, the Johto region games. I want to say those three Pokemon were worshipped or at least held to a very high regard uh, within the game. And so uh, Ho-Oh saw that, you know, obviously they they died in the fire. So he revived them and uh, revived them to become the uh, Suicune, Raikou, and Entei. And uh, let's see if I can find this here. Um, there was a, There's a story that goes also in the game. Um, here, I'm just going to read this off. They are said to embody, uh, to embody the three events that happened to the tower, the lightning that struck the tower, the fire that burned the tower and the winds and rain, uh, that put, that put the tower, uh, put the fires out. So, uh, there's, uh, the lightning that struck to the tower, that struck the tower is, uh, Raiko. The fire that burned it down, burned it down is Ente, and the winds and rain that put it out is Suicune. And I know Suicune is also known as the, um, the, the reincarnation of the North Wind, uh, Ente is the reincarnation of a of like a, a volcano or something like that, and also Raiko is a reincarnation of thunder, something like that. At least according to a lot of like the flavor texts and a lot of the uh, things said throughout the games and card game as well. Yeah, but uh, when it comes to really Hollow itself, I mean, the majority part is just it's just talking about them being. <laughs> Sorry, Shane just joined the chat. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, the majority of the story is just talking about how Ho resides on the bell tower and how he brought the um, legendary dog, the legendary beast, to life. Right. And how he's supposed to be play on a play on the phoenix, basically. Right. Yeah. So they they perish or they bring him back up from the ashes, which is which is a really cool theme that they had with uh, with those two Pokemon. Um, I remember at least from the uh, gold and silver games in order to find. Uh, Lugia, let's go back to Lugia. Uh, in order to find him, you had to have the uh, the item, the key item, the silver wing. And in order to find uh, Ho-Oh, you had to have the rainbow wing, which is kind of kind of cool because uh, if I can find where I read this here, the the name of Lugia, I believe it was in French. It was uh, derived from uh, a name. Uh, it was it was the name of a a metal, which is pretty much a silverish type of element. Um, that's where they got the name Lugia. 
uh, also kind of similar to like uh, the seas and everything, like the moon, like Luna and stuff like that. So very cool. And also a beluga whale, which is kind of weird because, you know, he's like an ocean, oceanic type Pokemon kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ho-Oh as well with the uh, the rainbow wing. Uh, from the very first episode of Pokemon, you see Ho-Oh flying over the rainbow, pretty much grant, uh, granting any wish or whatever, according to the legend that uh, Professor Oak kind of gave him when he was in Viridian City. Uh, no, is it confirmed it was Ho-Oh? Oh, that is, that, that, is, that is Ho-Oh for, for a fact. Okay. Yeah. And the Pokedex entries for Ho-Oh are um, X says, a legend says that its body glows in seven colors. A rainbow is said to form behind it when it flies. And in Y, it'll reveal itself before a pure-hearted trainer by shining its bright rainbow-colored wings. Exactly. Pure-hearted trainer, the purest, hardest, most naive trainer we know. Ash Ketchum. <laughs> so perfect, you know, right there. I don't exactly remember uh, where it was actually said that he, I want to say something about him granting wishes unless he was, you know, just he kind of, you know, wished himself on the, uh, you know, Ash kind of wished on the rainbow kind of thing. You know, so either way, it was a very, uh, very interesting two legendary Pokemon. They are the legendary duo from the second generation, Lugia and Ho-Oh. We already kind of touched a little bit about, let's touch a little bit, uh, touched a little bit on the legendary beasts, Suicune, Raikou, and Entei. Uh, these Pokemon are, are, are weird though, because there are three other Pokemon that seem very similar kind of cat-like kind of dog-like beast-like pokemon that are also that also happen to be in that exact same town in ecritique city that these pokemon were revived after the tower burned down so uh this is just kind of speculation where a lot of people think that the pokemon that were that perished in the fires of the brass tower burning down were possibly a vaporeon a jolteon and a flareon and this hasn't been confirmed in game but is something cool to sit here and speculate as well. Yeah, and it, it definitely makes sense with the, well, just how they work itself. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, Flareon would make sense for Entei, mm-hmm. uh, Jolteon with Raikou. The only one that's kind of difficult to understand would be uh, Suicune and Vaporeon, just because the water type, and he becomes, what? what is he? Uh... He's a water, a water to water. Really? I thought uh, Suicune was something else. Suicune? No. Suicune, yeah. Suicune, yeah. Uh, Give me one second and I'll look into it because I thought he was something else. No, I have the link here. I'll give it to you. I'm going to send it to you in Hangouts. Oh, he has water. Never mind. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. I take back my uh, comment. Yeah. yeah it, it really makes a, a lot of sense for that to be what it is. Yeah. He does learn uh, quite a few ice moves as well. So that could possibly attribute to some Yeah. Of the I think that's what. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, and psychic moves like extrasensory, calm mind, mirror coat, which. Those are some of the moves like mirror coat is something that I believe uh, Vaporeon can learn as well. You know, that's why I, that's why there's that little bit of a, you know, theory of. Are these Pokemon actually were, were was this originally Raikou, Entei and Suicune that perished in the fires or was it a Vaporeon, Jolteon and Flareon that were and then they were revived by Ho-Oh, you know, with all these elements being and you know being bombarded on that tower and then that embodied these new pokemon don't know um 
just kind of, I want to also kind of just touch on uh, uh, on Ente's storyline a little bit. According to he was also the star of the third movie. According to the third movie, Ente was this ancient Pokemon, and this crazy little girl decides to call it Daddy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, voiced by none other than uh, uh, Yugi Moto. Um, so yeah, that was uh, that's one thing that because also unknown or obviously second generation Pokemon, but they have nothing to actually do with as far as the video game is concerned, which that's what I take as the original story is the video game. Um, they have nothing to do with Entei uh, and Lugia has nothing to do with the other three legendary birds from the first generation. But those were some of the guardians there. Let's get into uh, the guardian of the Ilex forest. The last legendary for, uh, this game for generation two generation two. Yeah. Uh, can't find the link. Celebi Celebi is a, uh, grass and psychic type Pokemon. He's known as the guardian of the Ilex forest. This to me is the most interesting out of, out of the bunch of Johto. As we were talking a little bit before the show with the, uh, the, the cell phone adapter that was made for only Japanese audiences. Yeah. Which I think is a, kind of interesting yeah because it was it seemed like it was not something that was gonna that just in dating feel was gonna catch on here at all right i don't even know what i didn't do my research before the show but i had seen it at one point in time and it was supposed to connect to like some like nokia phone or something like that yeah and i mean nokia stuff is pretty much universal through all the old phones so um as long as you got like a cell phone signal into the game you were able to, uh, I believe you go to Kurt in Azalea Town, and then from there he gives you the GS ball, which uh, then you take it to the uh, shrine in the Alex Forest, put the GS ball in the shrine, down Celebi comes, and then you could capture it there. I believe it's at level 40 uh, in the original games. I remember having a Game Shark and doing that. But... Uh, Celebi also another star of one of the movies. There are three Johto legendaries that are stars of the of the second three movies. Interesting. Now Celebi had, and I don't remember this correctly, but didn't Celebi have like time mani- manipulation powers? He did. Yeah, uh, it is known as the time travel Pokemon. But as far oh, as so. yeah, but but as far as like other than that, that's as far as it goes. It is known as the time travel Pokemon. It is the guardian of the forest, uh, the future, the future past and present of the forest. And that's it. Um, in the, uh, in the movie Pokemon forever, uh, a movie with, uh, Celebi as a star. You get to see, uh, professor Oak as a little kid, all that good stuff. Suicune is in the movie. I think, um, you get to see it actually traveling through time. And there are, you know, the whole time traveling, conundrum thing where there's like actually multiples of you and all that good stuff uh there's eventually celebi comes and saves the day with like a billion other celebis really weird movie yeah because um, i'm reading on here it says that um it is able to travel through time and exist simultaneously throughout time and well plant life flourishes wherever it has been and that's just part of its yeah oh, that, oh, it's the flavor text, text from it huh that's, that's the flavor text from like the pokedex Oh, no, I'm just reading that from the um, Wikipedia. Okay. The actual Pokedex is the Pokemon wanders across time. Grass and trees flourish in the forest in which it has appeared. And it has the power to 
It has the power to travel across time, but it is said to appear only in peaceful times. That's why it wasn't in the uh, any other versions of the of uh, Pokemon uh, uh, Silver and uh, Silver and Gold and Crystal, uh, because during those times in the game, I don't know this is just me uh, speculating. During those times in the game, it was not a peaceful time. Team Rocket was still coming around. Yeah, that's true. That's very uh, true. And the whole radio tower deal. So those are the legendaries from this game. Do you want to mention anything else about them before we uh, move on to the Pokedex of the episode, Pokemon of the episode? I feel like their story like wasn't as, well, maybe it's because their story was more developed in the animes. Well, no, the legendary beast had a more developed story than the legendary birds, in my opinion. Yeah. But everything else like Ho and Lugia, their story didn't seem as developed as Mew and Mewtwo. No, not, not as, not at all. Cause obviously, you know, with with Mewtwo, there was the whole thing about Team Rocket possibly and being part of it as well, and yeah. um, I don't think they even mentioned that in the video game itself of Mewtwo uh, being uh, the whole Mewtwo cloning process being funded by Team Rocket or even just Giovanni as an individual, um, and not even owning Mewtwo at all like the anime did. Yeah, and I mean it definitely takes a different tone. All of these legendaries because they have more of a nature tone. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the, well, just in general, the scientific tone that the first generation had. Yeah, this one, uh, this one definitely had like kind of like back to culture, very, um, I, I don't want to say religious, but, and we'll get into religion in the fourth generation, but uh, very kind of back to your roots, back to, I, I guess culture would be the best word. Um, yeah, so I, that was that's what I got as far as like the theme of the uh, Johto region because it was it was very contrasting compared to Kanto. Kanto very technological. You're in the city and all this good stuff. Um, yeah, it does have a it's, it's outskirts and things like that, but you're pretty much within a, a very um, a very packed place. There's the there's the port that's there in Vermilion City. There's the bike thing. There's the there's the Saladon City where it has these huge shopping mall and everything. And the Johto region is very you know here's the farms. You know here's the people who are doing the you know kimono dancing and all that stuff. You know very back to you know your culture back to you know how things were at a, pre- a previous time. So Shane has um kind of on the same storyline, but this is actually probably more anime based. Uh, Shane, here's his comment that he put on the the Mixler. Mm -hmm. I saw Transformers 4 yesterday. It got me all nostalgic, so I went and watched a few episodes of the 1984 Transformers cartoon and an episode of Beast Wars. I thought it was interesting seeing different takes on the idea using different styles of animation. So my question to you is how would you feel about seeing a Pokemon show using a different form of animation, whether it be using computer-generated imagery or traditional 2D animation? I feel like, uh, personally for me, and I would like like to see them using a different style to it, like computer generated, like something like um, Star Wars: The Clone Wars. I think would, when they're talking about computer generated, mm-hmm. like I would like to see that. I mean, it'd be a new take, and it would be great seeing the Pokemon themselves in more um vivid form. But I don't feel like they would ever do that just because it might alienate a lot of their fan base. It could. That would be obviously a very cool thing to do. And then from there, now that they have these 3D rendered models of the Pokemon, then they could also then, 
expand on the video game, make the graphics that much better. I mean, Pokemon has, you know, no pun intended, but Pokemon has in, has evolved over time from this little 8-bit looking game to, you know, a very robust, colorful world, really. Um, but as far as Pokemon being uh, animated in a different way for like a movie or, or maybe even a season or even just kind of a spinoff, um, it, it would be different to watch i would i would prefer it to be if they did something like that a spin-off kind of like this uh uh well, world we've strongest already seen it yeah. um because pokemon origins wasn't the same type of style that it wasn't um, but it was still that like cartoony 2d style yeah but um but it was still like a different type of animating that they were using it was like, and I enjoyed it was it. a computer generator obviously but right. the way it was drawn the way it was animated was just was a more um I want to say traditional take yeah and a lot more yeah it was a little bit more traditional um with the uh was the act one uh world's strongest mega uh, mega evolution that one is a little bit more traditional as, as far as pokemon stuff goes um that's more to what we've normally been watching with the pokemon animations um and when what's what's interesting, at least to me, uh, when watching uh, the uh, po- uh, the Pokemon Origins artwork and uh, the the style of how they did everything in in that in in that four part series, reminded me a lot to Digimon. At least the movie. Uh, well, like there's like a six part little mini series that they played in Japan. They put into a movie for here in the states and everywhere else around the world. It was it was somewhat cel shaded, kind of. Um, and then it was, it was a, at least a different type of animation that made it look a, a lot better to me. The original Digimon movie? Yes. That was originally a series for them? Like a miniseries? It was like a four or five part miniseries. And then there was also like, uh, like audio CDs that came out afterwards that told the story of what happened after everything or what happened between the, the two storylines. It was very interesting. Oh man. I didn't, I didn't realize that it was a miniseries for them. And uh, Craig, to answer your question, yeah, we um, I think we talked about that like two weeks ago, the whole mega DNC deal. Yeah, I think. And, and all those megas actually that you uh, linked. Oh, he linked. Yeah, we actually talked about them. Oh, okay, yeah, that was last week. That I posted this morning. <laughs> I posted it this morning. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. It yeah. was. Uh, it was then. Yeah. So, um, as far as them coming <laughs> out with a a three D version of Pokemon, I would. I wouldn't see that as far as Ash and Pikachu, but maybe a spinoff would be interesting to see because then they would be able for to a take... movie definitely. Yeah, if if not just like a like a like a three part series, four part series like they've been doing, which I think is very good with what they're doing because before it was just Ash, 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 Pikachu, Ash and Pikachu, Pikachu and Ash, and that's it. And Charizard every once in a while they would throw him in there, uh, just because Charizard is Ash's best Pokemon. Um, uh, I like the the whole idea of them spinning off Pokemon to these other storylines that even the whole story of the strongest mega evolution of Alon going out there mentioning Ash and everything. So their paths might cross. You never know. Yeah, it's nice for them to add more to the to the to the Pokemon world, the anime world at least. Mm-hmm. But you never know as, as far as them going back and doing something else. Like like what Shane had mentioned in the uh, in the chat with Transformers, there was the original cartoon. There was also the Beast Wars thing, which I guess was a I guess it's all canon or all one big storyline. 
obviously Beast Wars was this intense, you know, CGI kind of thing. The original uh, Transformers was just, you know, a 2D cartoon. Then they I came remember out. with Beast Wars when they, uh, there was there were certain episodes that were every once in a while they'd be like, oh, these episodes are in 3D. And at, at a certain point in the episode, it'd tell you, put on your 3D glasses now. And I never had them, so I didn't get to enjoy that part of the show. But I remember something like that, yeah. But I remember, like, in the corner, it'd be like, this is 3D. You can, uh, That's right. you can put on your glasses now. That's right. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, well, that's pretty much it for uh, as far as, like, the, the storyline of the both Kanto, because we discussed Kanto a little bit today as well, both Kanto and Johto region Pokemon. Um, we're going to be covering the rest of them uh, in future episodes, obviously. Uh, uh, Hoenn, Sinnoh, uh, Unova. Kalos. And Kalos, thank you. <laughs> and Kalos region stuff. Um, we're not going to go over the Or region because Or isn't really uh, a canon region. It was more of a spinoff game, uh, even though they used a lot of the, obviously, same Pokemon, but different characters. I forgot what that character's name was in the Aura in the Aura series. So let's yeah, get. I don't in. remember anything about the Aura series. Well, I remember playing it, but mm-hmm. I don't remember anything about it. Yeah, the the XD Sorry. and uh, the Gale of Darkness games were. I played through a little bit of it, but it wasn't as. Uh, that was more like the 3D style Pokemon. But I think they obviously with today's technology, they could do a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Say so. Let's get into the Pokemon of the episode. Who's that Pokemon? All right, Pokemon of the episode uh, this week is Pokemon number 282, Gardevoir. Gardevoir originally was only a psychic type. Now in Generation 6, it has uh, changed to a psychic and fairy dual type Pokemon, which which is... with fairy, and if you remember from before, I had a big problem with fairy type Pokemon, <laughs> just because I was like, really, they're coming out with another type so late in the game, which I still kind of give them, you know, I still kind of feel a little bit hesitant towards fairy stuff, towards fairy type Pokemon, but it's still a, it it still works for me at least. I I like it. It's it's grown on me. The whole idea of trying to balance out uh, dragons is perfect. So oh yeah. <laughs> So uh, Gardevoir is known as the Embrace Pokemon. Like I said, it's a fair, it's a psychic and fairy type Pokemon. Now, if you're playing any other game other than X and Y, it'll only still be a psychic type Pokemon. So if you do transfer it up, its type will change as well. Um, it is uh, oddly enough, even though it's a, uh, I guess counterpart evolution. Um, can't think of its name right now. You know, even though it's counterpart evolution, Gallade, uh, Gallade is only males because you can only evolve um, uh, the uh, Curlia if it's male into Gallade. But if it's doesn't matter if it's male or female, once you get to level thirty, it will evolve into Gardevoir. I always thought that was kind of weird because I expected Gardevoir oh. to be to be only female once they made that change. Oh, oh, for the male one, it has to you you have to use a Dawnstone on it. Yes. So as, oh, okay. as long as it's a Curlia, if you have a Dawnstone, boom, no matter what level it's at. Um, I think it was the, uh, its first Ralts. Ralts will evolve into level 20, uh, at level 20 into Curlia. Curlia evolves into, uh, at level 30 into Gardevoir. Uh, or Curlia will evolve, if it's male, with a Dawnstone into Gallade. Uh, but the Pokemon of the episode today is only 
Gardevoir. Gardevoir does have a mega evolution as well. Mega Gardevoir. So, wow, I did not realize you could also do shiny with mega. Oh, yeah, you didn't... Uh, no. I haven't seen pictures of, like, like mega... Who is it? Mega... I can't think of it right now, but it's the the Absol Mega Absol. Mega Absol. What like, is it? It looks like a little angel eye, almost basically. Oh, really? Yeah, because if if I remember correctly, like its shiny form is like this nice um white silvery color. I'm mm-hmm. gonna look it up right now. Yeah, but, but like no... it, when it goes Mega, it just looks amazing. Okay, but Mega Gardevoir is uh instead of having like what looks like a white dress, it's now a black dress. Uh, the rest of the coloring is uh, still somewhat similar. It has like the uh, instead of a pink, kind of like bow-looking thing on its uh, on on its chest area, it's now a red one, and its I guess cap or its hair is blue instead of green. Very cool looking, but uh, Mega Gardevoir it uh, then has the ability uh, once once it Mega evolves, it has the ability of called it's called Pixelate, which increases the power of normal type moves by thirty percent. Um, it then changes those moves to fairy type as well, which is really interesting and weird, but still very cool. It's a, a its stats stay relatively the same, but it it does get a boost in attack, special attack, a little bit in special defense and speed, but not that significant, at least to me. Uh, about a twenty point boost to each one. But let's go over. Um, uh, just quickly, where you can find Ralts in the games, it's uh, base evolution Ralts. Uh, right now, we gonna go over that. Ralts is in on Route Four, on both uh, X and Y. Let's see if you can find Curlia. Curlia is in Friend Safari. So only in a Friend Safari. Assume, yeah, only Friend Safari, or evolve from Ralts, obviously. And uh, I'm pretty sure you can't find Gardevoir. Gardevoir. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Same for well, we don't care about Curlia or sorry, uh, Gallade. Gallade. Yeah, so we could find them. But yeah, you have to evolve them. It's uh, its abilities. Gardevoir's abilities are synchronize, trace, and the hidden ability uh, telepathy. Uh, what synchronize does is this Pokemon uh, when this Pokemon becomes either poisoned, paralyzed, or burned, so does your opponent. Um, apparently, however, fire type and water and fire type and wa- the and the water availability Pokemon cannot be burned. Poison type and steel type Pokemon uh, and immunity ability Pokemon cannot be poisoned and limber ability Pokemon cannot be paralyzed. So there are some uh, like restrictions to its ability, but if your if your opponent is not a fire type, it'll get burned or as long as it doesn't have water veil as well. Good ability. I like that ability. Its second one is trace. Its special ability becomes the same as that of your opponent. Uh, switching this Pokemon out of battle restores your original ability. And in a double battle, a random opponent's ability will be copied. So, which is cool in some points, as long as your opponent has a good a bit, a good uh, uh, ability on their Pokemon or within a double battle on either one of their Pokemon. And a hidden ability of telepathy, which prevents damage from teammates during double and triple battles. Which is a very good ability right there. Oh yeah, makes it possible so you can actually use moves like Earthquake and yeah. Surf. And... But that's only from Gardevoir itself though, unfortunately. So, uh, trying to see... Uh, ha, Jay slept through the podcast. It's fine, I'll put it up in the next couple of days. Um, <laughs> there's Jay over there in the chat. 
So, um, yeah, I think moves like I think Magical Leaf is a move that hits all of the Pokemon in the uh, uh, on the field, I believe. Not too sure about that. But Razor Wind or Gust, I think one of them does. I'm not sure about Gust, but I think Razor Wind might. But moving down to its uh, Mega Evolution again, it's uh, once it ev- once it Mega evolves, it, be- it has the ability Pixelate, which again uh, increases the power of Normal type moves by thirty percent, then changes those moves to Fairy type. So it not only gets a boost in the uh, based attack of that move, but also then gets Stab, same type attack bonus, which is awesome. That is really cool. Yep. So, so basically, a Hyper Beam becomes a Fairy type move. Jeez, you don't have to go there with that. That well, is an well, insane I'm just, I'm just attack sane. right there. So 150 <laughs> times 30%. I can't do math, so let's just say that's what's one what's 30% of 150? I don't math well. Um oh god, I'm so lost right now. You said 150, right? One uh 30% of 150. Now, oh, isn't that just 50? Stop it. I told you I don't math well. So yeah, <laughs> so that's a 200 base attack times 2, 400 plus all the other stuff that goes along with that. And if it's a dragon, and if it's a drag, oh, 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 geez, man, slow down. <laughs> you want to kill the Pokemon. <laughs> like, worst scenario for <laughs> yeah. your opponent. <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, immediately makes a lot of its attacks extremely strong. Um, so let's go over its uh, base stats real quickly. Let's go over just normal Gardevoir. Uh, base HP of 86. Atta- I'm sorry. Base HP of 68. Attack of 65. The defense of 65, special attack of 125, a special defense of 115, and a speed of 80. Mega Gardevoir, on the other hand, has the same HP of 68. Its attack uh, gets plus 20, so from 65 now to 85. Defense stays the same at 65. Uh, its special attack gets a 40-point base stat boost, so from 125 to 165. Special defense also gets a boost from 115 to 135. And its speed also gets a boost from 80 to 100. So Gardevoir, one of my favorite Pokemon from the third generation. A lot of my favorites are from the third generation. Ludicolo, Gardevoir. Uh, I think I had a Kyogre on my team throughout that game. Yeah, that is the Pokemon of the episode. Again, that is Pokemon number 282, Gardevoir. Are so you... something Shane has just uh, said on the on the chat. Okay. Um, basically... He says, uh, "Will they ever? Will they ever bring a traditional Pokemon game to the Wii U? Um, a full-on 50-hour open-world RPG? Is this something that fans want? You guys desired it at all? I feel if one were to come out, I'd play it. And um, and for those that don't know him, um, our friend the Shiz1138, he he doesn't um actually play Pokemon. He doesn't Pokemon but, much. No, but it does interest him, and uh, so." I feel like, at least from what I've heard always from the fan base, everyone would love a Wii U game like that, an actual open-world RPG like that, you know, something in, like, maybe in the vein of, like, Fallout or um, open... Maybe even, like, something... Pokemon (laughs) XD, Girl of Darkness? Kind of something more robust than that, though? Yeah, more robust. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the fans want that, but I... And Nintendo's just holding that back. Like, I feel like they're... They're either don't want to do it, <laughs> yeah, Craig, or they. I, I like Craig's comment. If Pokemon ever came to the Wii U, I'm going to buy one. Well, uh, you'd be joining us. Yeah, because I, I just bought mine. Renee got his like the week beforehand. So, 
Yeah, but I feel like it's just something that they're trying to hold back. They're trying to keep Pokemon, well, the majority of Pokemon, like the actual RPG main story Pokemon, right? always on the handhelds. And I, I, it's not anything that I personally would say that I enjoy that. I would really love to have a Wii U version of Pokemon. But at the same time, I don't think it would be the same experience. It, no, I don't think it would. I mean, well, yeah, they have the Wii U with it and they have the handheld gamepad thing, but it wouldn't be the same. For me, I've been playing Pokemon since I can remember. I was like eight, nine years old. Um, for me, Pokemon is a handheld game. Has to be, will always be, in my opinion, uh, a handheld game. Um, I have always preferred that. I don't really like too much traditional sitting in front of the TV, sitting down, kind of playing games. I prefer to be mobile with my stuff. I love mobility. I don't know. That's just the thing that I've always been interested in. Um, even as far as, you know, not not just my gaming. I put games on my cell phone or do things on my cell phone, preferably over my uh, my laptop, which is also, you know, a somewhat mobile device. And I use that over a desktop computer, which I have one sitting here, which I haven't used in years. So, you know, it's just that more mobility, including even up to this stuff, like with this podcast, you know, I want to buy a case so I can put all my equipment in. So then I could take this somewhere else and be able to do the recording in a different place. Yeah. And also, but I, in kind of going along your point, Mm -hmm. the Wii U itself, at least has, has lent itself to being a little more mobile, a little bit, at least around the house mobile. Exactly. So, I mean, it might be an opportunity for them to actually create something Pokemon-related that fans will relate to. And at least, you know, take the first step towards something, some big Pokemon thing on a console. That, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing something, some big Pokemon game on a console like that, a 50-hour, whatever it may be, type of game. Because the, the way Pokemon is, generally, it's not the longest game in the world because you do still have to go and catch them all, you know? So you do have a lot of that extra time and everything and effort after you go through the game, defeat, uh, you know, defeat all eight gym leaders, defeat whatever bad guy was in the game, defeat the elite four, which is the, you know, the elite members of the Pokemon league, uh, which there's the, there's the gym leaders, which are the first eight that you go up against. And then the elite four at the end, and then usually you also go up against the champion who is the person who have, who has defeated the Elite Four previous to you. So once you do that, pretty much all the areas are open up to you. You've gotten all the, you know, the, the HMs, the hidden machines, the moves you can teach your Pokemon to then explore everything else around the Pokemon world. So as far as a, sto- a, a more robust story, a longer story, a more intricate video game, for a console, they can do that. I'm not going to say they can't because even if they went ahead and put two video games together, that's still a decent amount of playing. Let's say they, uh, I mean, the Johto region games were a much longer game. Yeah, the whole Kanto idea was optional. They didn't have to do that for us, but they did. So, and they could also, um, obviously with how games have evolved from what they were when we were um younger mm-hmm. they're able to release dlcs to expand on the story i mean right it, it probably would never happen but they can release dlc to where you can go to another region that would be awesome but uh yeah 
or at least a mini region like how the Sevi Islands was for fire red and leaf green. Yeah, I mean, again, all that stuff was also optional. I didn't do like the last four islands. Uh, so then again, I could just kind of put down the game like a year ago and just stop playing it. But I, w- I would think that that would be an interesting thing that they would they could do. But I don't think they would do that. And if they did, not anytime soon. Because they yeah. are way too stuck on simply their handheld games, throwing a spin-off every once in a while onto the handheld and also onto the uh onto a a traditional home console like the Wii, the Wii U, the Nintendo 64, the GameCube. Yeah, that's as far back as Pokemon goes. Um but no. I if they did that, we would all want it. I don't think Nintendo at least now has the uh, the money to invest into doing something like that. They should because we would all throw their throw our money at them, but I'm not too not too confident optimistic in, for that. Yeah, that. Yeah, not too optimistic. Who knows? Might be a thing. You never know. Shane might have just predicted the future just now. So, a uh, question of the episode: uh, if We didn't have one originally, but now, what type of Pokemon game would you like to see on a console? Yeah, like what? What style of game? Just like normal RPG, a spin-off, even though it's all still kind of RPG, like. Uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, anything like that. And how long of a game would you like to see if if that would ever become an actual thing, uh, or even just like one of the like the stadium game, or even like the atrocious Pokemon Battle Revolution, which didn't do anything for me. Terrible game. How did you like Battle Revolution? <laughs> I don't even remember it. Oh, <laughs> exactly. You. There you go. <laughs> That's how that's how he liked that game. So, okay. So, what type of game would you like to see on a home console like the Wii U? Put your comments. Response. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One huge game, all regions connected, doing whatever you order you want. That would be amazing. That would be cool. Again, that is uh, from uh, the Shiz eleven thirty eight, which is our friend Shane. Um, says that would be a, a interesting thing to to do. Or he's asking me, I guess, or asking us what would. If that would be a thing that we would like, I would enjoy that. I mean, that's something we've talked about before. We've kind of brushed over that topic of uh, a huge Pokemon game. You never know if they were to do that eventually someday. Just kind of complete the world of Pokemon. Here's the world. Go play in it now. You get to choose where you start from. It definitely would be a great way for... It would be a great way for... A great game itself. It'd also be a great way to introduce new players. For them to just... Go do what you want. Yeah, pretty much. You know, whichever region you want to start from, go ahead. I mean, obviously, uh, same thing Craig just said in the chat. I would start from Kalos and then go in order to... I'm sorry, go in, uh, start from Kanto and then go in order to Kalos. Just like the games were released uh, for us. Um, yeah, I would I would totally do that. Go to Kalos. I mean, Kalos. Kanto, Johto, Hoenn, Sinnoh. Um, then uh, Unova, Unova, and then Kalos afterwards. I, I would, I would do it. I would do that exact same thing, just because you know it's you go through all the nostalgia and you bring yourself back up to where we are again. Yeah, I would love to see a game like that. If Nintendo, I mean, if uh, if Game Freak is listening, which we would probably get sued because Pokedex, I believe, is a copywritten name. Nah. <laughs> so, if they were to do something like that. Listen to me. Do something like that. Come on, Game Freak. We would, we we all want the big giant Pokemon game. 
I'm sure I don't think Will is listening right now, but I know he would be like Pokemon MMO. No. Yeah. That to me would not be an interesting kind of game. Personally. I, I, I feel like because of the fact that Pokemon has so many different elements or different, different types of players, like you have the players like me who aren't very um, hardcore about it, especially like, I don't oh, geez. Really there he is in the train chat. my stuff. <laughs> Will came out. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's like people like um, Dre who really you know works on his Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Because of that, at least PvP elements of the game will be very difficult to like control. Yeah, but I, I mean, it, it would also be amazing to just uh, run around and just be able to just do whatever you want. It's just this huge world. At, at but same, I don't see how they could really pull it off in an MMO setting. Yeah, especially when your Pokemon start from you know a you know, a low level and you're going around and there might be somebody who's already gone through the game. They're just coming back to visit, you know, a certain town or whatever. And you're like, Hey, I want to battle you. And as far as Pokemon is concerned, when you lock eyes, you have to battle. So you're going to be going yeah. around just losing all the time, you know? Yeah. Unless there would be like a, a limit on that, which is completely against the whole, you know, rules of Pokemon, at least Pokemon battling, you know, when you are challenged, you must battle that person. That's why I don't think in Pokemon MMO would work. That's one of the reasons, at least. It's and, just a weird concept for there. Um, with it. Yeah, it, it is. Just a little bit. And um, before we end things, I just want to mention something. Uh, Jay just uh, asked me, and I, I apologize, Jay, for not responding to your email. I just really busy, and so we'll do it on the show right now. Um, Jay's asking about the tournament. Um, haven't really looked into it a lot. Uh, try to see if I can work with Renee a little bit on that um, to actually get this tournament started. Um, I haven't received any emails as far as anybody wanting to participate in, in the uh, the next tournament. I did mention it on the show two episodes ago. Haven't heard back from anybody since, so I don't think that there would be a new a new tournament coming up anytime soon. Uh, haven't looked at the. Uh, the forums to see if anybody has responded there, but usually I don't check the forums that often. So not too sure about a a, a tournament coming up anytime soon, even though we kind of wanted to do one at the beginning of August. I remember. Um, yeah, I mean, if anyone's still interested in doing the tournament, um, just shoot us an email and we'll, we'll start trying to organize. I mean, at at this point, it looks like it wouldn't be what till August that it would actually start. Yeah. That's what we were kind of like talking about previously but i'm not too sure if that's actually gonna gonna come to fruition yeah so i mean if you are interested you know send us an email uh i should i'll I'll start checking the forms more often yeah i probably (laughs) i'm the only moderator i should probably look at those (laughs) so um maybe it'd be under pokemon game center uh possibly I remember we probably should start a thread on there. Probably. <laughs> Either way, I'm I'm not even sure if people uh, still use the forums. For the tournament. What was that? Uh, looks like oh, it's just Dre and Jay. Those are the only two who have commented. Yeah, they have really kind of like commented on this yeah. thing for the tournament. Either way, um, probably not going to be a, a tournament. If the, if you do, if you guys do want to have a tournament at the beginning of August, please email me. If you are a member of the forums, which you kind of have to be. Um, be a member of the forums. Email me feedback at pokedexradio.com with your forum name um, just so we can go. And uh, also your um, 
friend code as well. And make sure you put your friend code over in the friend code master list. Uh, so then I could verify that that is you. And so we can go ahead and add you to the uh, the roster for uh, the a tournament if we decide to have one. Oh, someone needs to ap- update that master list too. Yeah, I know. I I updated it after we mentioned it like two months ago and haven't touched it since. <laughs> so uh, what was that last thing that Shane said? Since I can't pull up the chat. He had like a big paragraph again. Um. Oh, for me, that's part of the reason why I don't play too much history to catch up on, but if I can be introduced to the world as a create your own character and explore it in my own way, that would be my own game and I'd create it my own history. I think it would be a good way to get new fans hooked. Um, I, I kind of, well, just kind of um, to, uh, like, I don't know, maybe give you a better understanding. Each game is independent of the others. Yeah, sure, you can carry Pokemon from one to the other, but really, when it comes to the storyline, they're all their own independent games. Yeah. You I really mean, don't there, need the story of the others. There are some that are sequels, but it's not that big of a deal. Like uh, uh, the Kanto region game, the first generation game, the first Pokemon game, uh, Red and Blue, um, at least they were released in the U.S. as Red and Blue, were uh, then followed up by Gold and Silver, and then it's... Uh, remake of well, not really a remake but it was like an enhancement called pokemon crystal uh, which was the exact same game as gold and silver just with better graphics um those technically were sequels but there was a three-year gap and they kind of mentioned elements from the previous game but not really other than the fact of team rocket and i'm not sure if shane knows who team rocket is pretty much they were the bad guys uh originally in, in pokemon there are a ton of bad guys throughout the entire Pokemon universe, but you don't really need to know about them in order to enjoy the game. Like, yeah, like sure. It'll, it might, you know, it, a lot of the time it's a lot just for the fans when they mention yeah. stuff from previous uh, regions, you're really able to just pick up and play whichever one. Well, other than, well, I don't even know black and white too. I don't know. How I've never played it. Really refer to black and white one. Cause I, I know there was also like a three year gap in that game as well. Yeah. It was like two years, I think, two years. Yeah. But for the most part, like at least X and Y itself, let's just pick up and play. You don't need the other generations. Yeah, X, X and Y, it does it does a lot of throwback because you do get the original starter Pokemon as well, at least one of each of the original starter Pokemon as well, of uh, from the Kanto region, which is the first Pokemon game. Uh, so you do get to choose also uh, not only the starter from the Kalos region, which is just your first Pokemon, uh, and then like... 20 minutes into the game, you also get to choose one of the starters from the Kanto region, which was the first games, red and blue. Either Charizard, Bulbasaur, I'm sorry, Charmander, Bulbasaur, or Squirtle, which is just kind of a whole nostalgia thing for older fans uh, of the video game. And they do kind of mention some stuff, like Renee said, for the fans. Oh, there's another region. You don't know about it. Has something to do with rubies and sapphires. Ha ha ha. You know, that's just for the that's for the just for the fans, kind of a whole fan service type of thing. But you can play the game without knowing anything about Pokemon. That a lot of people who uh started listening to the show uh back in October did mention to me, you know, didn't really think Pokemon was my thing, started listening to your show, picked up one of the games, now I love it. It's like, dude, you're 25, 30 years old. You haven't played Pokemon since you were a kid either. You know, like 10 years later, you pick up the game and find it again and find, you know, that love for the Pokemon game all over again, not needing to know what happened with the previous four generations of the game. So, yeah, 
that's pretty much it for the uh, Pokedex radio podcast today. If uh, uh, those of you who have stuck around since the beginning of the show, please, uh, if you want to be a participant in Pokedex radio, as far as recording yourself, please just record like a, was it 10 seconds at the beginning? You know, this is the Pokedex radio podcast, blah, blah, blah. So you can hear your own voice. Cause I would like to have a new intro for the show so we can edit something together for the 100th episode. Um, if you also want to do a video one as well, in case we decide to do something with a video, do that too. So trainers do want to thank you very much for sticking around uh, and listening to uh, the Pokedex radio podcast. Um, please, like I said, go ahead. And uh, if you want to hear your voice in, in the Pokedex radio podcast, as far as the intro is, um, please send us an MP3 or a wave file. I would prefer a wave file because that's a, a little bit of a better file to work with for me. Uh, to feedback at pokedexradio.com where you just say the intro in the same pace as I do so we can have a new intro to the show and video if you'd like to as well but I would prefer at first just audio so do both if you have the equipment or do both if you have like a, a the equipment for it. you can record it onto your phone just talking into it or you know have somebody hold the phone and, ta- and I want to say videotape but film you do it there you go still film tape whatever even if they did in like selfie form as long as it's not like vertical video yeah it still would look fine as long as it's nice good horizontal landscape video none of this you know two giant black bars on the side of the video Mm -mm. (laughs) not dealing with that so thank you so much trainers for listening uh you can go ahead and find the show notes over at pokedexradio.com slash 87 uh everything will be there the question of the episode what we talked about everything Uh, You can also put your comments in there. I would really enjoy that. But that is it, trainers. Thank you so much for listening. That is Renee. My name is Austin, letting you know to live, laugh, and catch them all. And we'll see you guys next week. This podcast is a Flashlight Studios production. Copyright 2014, Flashlight Studios. For more information, you can visit us at flashlight-studios.com or for the Pokedex Radio at pokedexradio.com. And thank you for listening.